it's nice to have a bit of friction in the grade because it it makes you question everything and by having that sort of you know a little bit of friction disagreement you kind of you find something between all of you and most of the time that's that's pretty good hello and welcome to the now then podcast in this conversation, we speak to Toby Tompkin, senior colorist and founder of post-production studio Cheat. We discuss the language of color, digital versus film, and choosing the right projects. Hope you enjoy. Now then, Toby. Hello. <laughs> now then, now then, now then. Thanks for having us here at Cheat. Thanks for coming. At your second home. <laughs> yeah. King of the oh, castle. Well, it might be my first time. Oh, your first time? <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> well, you kind of got in touch at first. You were like, you've been listening to the pod, really enjoying it. And you were like, uh, you should get me on because actually I'm always in the suite and I get to hear about, I think every everybody in the room just forgets I'm color grading and I just hear about every director's insecurity. Yeah. And you're all so scared of the same thing. Yeah. I'm interested to know what that is. Um, but the first question for me was, I was really interested in, how you got into the industry. I know that seems a bit of a generic question, but I feel like you've got a really interesting story because your dad was actually the art director for some big directors, you know, Stanley Kubrick, you know, he did The uh, the Shining, he did Full Metal Jacket, uh, he did Batman with Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow, uh, just to name a few. Um, big shoes. Was <laughs> Big shoes. To yeah, big shoes. Talk to us about that. Did you... Were your dad a big kind of influence in, in getting you into the industry? Um, not, sort of not, not directly. I don't think he, he, not that he didn't want me to get into the industry, but he, didn't, he certainly didn't push me into it. But we watched a lot of films at home, like every night was film night. So I think that inherently sort of made me fascinated with, with film and sort of established that escapist relationship with with film especially sort of you know as i was a, a kid and entering my teens and stuff there was a sort of a close relationship between me and cinema through that and then you know just exposure to you know going on set and going into work with my dad and sort of seeing this sort of second family that he had in the art department um there was something about that that was that was pretty exciting yeah and um, and what were it about you know, what were it about colour? Well, I sort of, so I went to film school to learn, obviously I, I knew a lot about the art department from, from my dad. So I went to film school to just learn more about everything, the whole process and sort of see w what I wanted to get into. And there was a sort of combination of things that, that sort of guided me to, to colour grading, but it was a, it was a slow journey. So I first became and sort of fell in love with editing um, but we had a really good VFX tutor and he just made it seem sort of magical and super interesting. So I sort of just ended up doing a lot of post because the tutor was great, a guy called John Turner. Um, he ended up setting up sort of help set up Framestore Bournemouth. And then, you know, I missed with the VFX, like the, you know, the wizardry, the magic was, was super cool, but I didn't feel connected to the storytelling. And then I found color grading and it felt like some sort of, you know, uh, symbiosis between editing and, and VFX. So I could, you know, do this sort of post stuff 
but it was emotionally character story driven. Yeah. And and did that did that start coming in when there was like more digital filmmaking? I'm trying to think like this is this is my complete like ignorance to it all really and thinking when people were shooting on film they'd shoot on certain stocks to get yeah. certain looks and certain color and all this kind of stuff um and then obviously when digital filmmaking came it was a, it became a little bit of a different process yeah this this was in the transitional period so yeah. we were still shooting on 16 mil um and digital uh but all of the grad films and stuff were, were 16 i think um so it was sort of this exciting time in in color grading where we were transitioning from like a photochemical finish, the early days of DI into the, you know, sort of digital realm of grading, uh, that we have now. Um, yeah, it was, it was sort of both. It was, it was film and, and digital. Um, but the film, I don't know. I like, I just love film so much. And did, did you see the opportunity there though? That little bit, I feel like, you know, when you see that little crack or something and go like, Oh, this, it could be a little, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, 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 it's so many factors. Like one, I became super sort of interested in it once I found out it was a thing in sort of second year. And then I started doing it. And then I was like the only colorist, you know, uh, on my year. So I started just doing everyone's work as a colorist. I didn't, I don't think I knew then that that's what I was going to do. But I guess, yeah, there was sort of a, a, a gap in the market. Yeah. Um, they shoved you into it. Yeah. And yeah, I started sort of moonlighting, getting paid work and using the uni suites and stuff like that. It was, it was good. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, my, my uni wasn't like a proper film school at all. Um, but they never spoke to us really about the grade process or anything like that. It was only really when I came to London and started like being able to sit in to color suites and kind of see what it was. Um, but like, so I was going to say, where does your journey then start as a colorist? Like, I guess it was just then just taking people's things and yeah, being um, the guy. It was, it was super early. Like there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of colorists start out at 19 at film school, you know? And so that I think, you know, just getting the hours in, getting the years in early meant that, you know, when, when I was in my sort of mid twenties, people are like, you don't know what you're doing. You're in your mid twenties. It's like, well, I've been grading for like six, seven years. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, so that was sort of lucky and, and, you know, staying on that path, you know, staying in love with it, you know, to this sort of, to this day. And, um, yeah, very lucky to find that early on. And yeah. did, did you like, with something like color, was it something you were like, right, I'm going to start like once you started doing it, was it more of like, I'm just kind of looking with my eyes to see if it's something that I feel is balanced? Or was it something you go like, right, I'm going to study color and color wheels and balance yeah. and that sort of stuff? Uh, I think, I don't know, I, I, I like geeking out on the, <laughs> on the technical side of it. and Yeah, you are a bit of a geek. It, it's, so, it's, so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so subjective. Um, you know, that, that's sort of the... Yeah, the sort of fascinating thing about colour. But in order to understand what people thought was, you know, the word cinematic was was thrown around a lot. So, you know, I, I, I sort of found ways to try and analyse, you know, what what there was across films that that had similarities and what they shared and trying to break that down in, 
in an objective way and trying to learn how filmmakers got to that end result. So it was sort of a mix of developing my own eye, which, you know, I I, I do think is partially because I watched a film every single night, you know, from the age of, God knows, seven to 15 with my parents. Like, it was so, like, instilled into me that I knew what things on a rectangle should look like because I'd seen thousands of films and then marrying that with how to get there are two very separate things yeah. you know and um, it's funny for me because I actually didn't even go to um, university and to be fair I never even knew that this were part of the process and I guess that's kind of a nice kind of leading to the next question in terms of like as a colorist you know do you appreciate a lot of creative freedom in, in the grade or do you like a director to come in to come in prepped and and, and, and know exactly what they want i mean it it it, for me it's less about people coming in with you know exactly what they want and specific references or giving me the creative freedom it's it's more about the process in in how you get from from start to finish and that that interaction that back and forth like that's that's sort of the fun part and you know when it's you know like it sounds really pretentious but you know maybe it's kind of like jazz (laughs) do you know what I mean like when it's when it's working well and you've got a DP a director and a colorist working together bouncing ideas off each other suggesting things trying things out like that's those are the most fun days yeah I mean and I I guess you know during the process do you ever get lost in the woods I guess oh yeah especially yeah especially on long form Mm. when you're revisiting it and you're coming back to it after you know the vfx are finished or stuff like that and you're sort of you're watching it over and over again and it gets to the point where you're like is this is this still good (laughs) you know it's from what i hear in the in the suite it's it's sort of like directors and edits and you know after you're on something for a while you just you just don't know if it's good anymore yeah but it's i mean it's such a tricky thing to to talk about it's like when I work with a composer again that's another language that's really difficult to talk about in terms of sounds and and describing them in terms of something a bit spiky or something yeah. something with a bit of depth and it's the Juicy. same for color yeah it's the same for color for sure and like I I feel like I'm being really lucky because I've worked with you well for the majority of my time he's leaned on you for a long time now leaned on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I think Toby but what do you think you know <laughs> And and that's really been helpful for me. But even now, I'm just like, you know, I love to kind of give you some material and, and see what you come back with. But um, I guess, like, is it is it important for you know for people like myself to to understand color, or is it something that you like to take the lead on? Again, I know you're talking well, about jazz. I I th- for me, it's the same as you know your your relationship with a with a DP. You know, yeah. I think there's there's certain elements of language and understanding that you need but you know the fun part for for me and probably for the dps is is the interpretation yeah um you know especially when it's you know when when you feel like you're given the opportunity to to take something somewhere based off of you know your taste and your experience based off of a word like juicy <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like yeah. Um, you know what does that mean but you know and that's different for everyone and you know I think 
the relate as the relationship evolves over time, that it just becomes shorthand, and it's different with every director and every DP. Because yeah. um, do you feel like you've got like your own distinct style? I don't. Do you not think that? No? I, well, I think there's like a there's, <laughs> there's like a sort of yeah there, there's certain things but yeah. I, I i'd like to consider myself quite versatile yeah but I, I know other people don't like you know the only thing for me that is that i think is consistent is the sort of mid-tone contrast and that's very similar to to print film and and, and the contrast you get in the mid-tones there um it, it it's it yeah i don't know why i struggle with the idea of people coming to me for like my look, <laughs> but I, I don't like it. <laughs> when was the first time you ever, like someone came and was like, oh, we want, because people must come and go and, and, and see a piece of work you've done and go, oh, can you make it like that? Yeah. Or oh, can we make it like this? Or... But I feel like every time I come to you, you've got these new ideas of like, oh, you're watching new films and finding different ways of printing. You're always a little guinea pig though. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little <laughs> guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. I'll create what mine, you might even notice. <laughs> but you know, sometimes he talks and I've got no idea what he's talking about. And, and you're so, like you said, geeky, but in a great way, because you're interested in, in the process, right? And you're interested in what you can get out of certain stock and, um, I guess it's a feeling, it's an emotion. It's the same way music, colours like a, a, a similar thing, like it's so subjective. Yeah. And I guess you're a, you, you'd be a director, Craig, who would go like, you, you, know, you know what you want. You'll yeah. know if you like it, you know if you don't like it. Yeah. So I think that's an important thing, right? If you're talking to a director, Toby, and you go, oh, do you like this? And they go, mm. and then you show them something and they go, mm. like you, you need some. Yeah, I, I, I only get worried after the third. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what about this? What about this? And then after the third one, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> well, what we're doing with this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like what you guys do sometimes is like, obviously it's so dependent on the screen you're looking at on as well, which is so frustrating. Colour's so fucking frustrating because you spend so much time on it and then depending what everyone's fucking looking at on, it's completely different. Well, it's you know? funny, isn't it? you get it done, you go, oh, could you just do, could you export it and so I can watch it on my phone? <laughs> well, my Apple yeah. Retina Display desktop is... It looks wicked, but then on my laptop, the blacks are all lifted. It's it's a different yeah. feel, right? It's getting better, I think. I mean, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get better, and then it's gonna get worse again. Yeah. I think, like with HDR, introduces a, a whole new sort of realm of difficulty making that consistent across devices. But um, have you ever, yeah? Have you ever fallen out with anyone in in the old suite or the old uh, color? Um, Yes, I've, I've only left. I've I've left one job in sixteen years. What, um, like walked out of the room. Uh, no, I called. I called the producer and I said, "I can't. I can't do this." Oh wow! Yeah, must have been serious. And that's, that's like one in thousands of jobs. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm obviously not going to say which job. No, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's your time to apologise now. I was in this. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> um. um but I, I don't know. I like I like the challenge of of a tricky. I I like working with people that push me and like it's. I yeah. I don't get frustrated if if people don't like you know my first pass or something. I'm just like it's so subjective. Because um, then would you get annoyed if someone was like, oh, "I love the first pass." 
It's one of them things where you, cause, no, I cause, like I like that because sometimes sometimes it, it I sets in it. an edit and I will get it back and go oh shit. Well, sometimes I'm like <laughs> you know sometimes I'll be doing a great job, but you know you're not quite there in my eyes. But obviously, you're the guy, you know, and I kind of get a little bit like, um, can we just tweak this a little bit? And, and it, I guess yeah, because he does all your stuff for free, mate. That's why. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a bit weird of asking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, forget, did you forget about that? Yeah, yeah I forgot about that one. <laughs> I, you, I must have brought you one page job over the last 10 years, Tom. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's that thing of, like, I always feel a little bit, sometimes, I guess, when you... Yeah, and I, I, I mean, if the, if, if the consistency's there, I don't mind. Like, if, you know, if we're revisiting, you know, things and... You know, there's a there's a consistent vision or taste. You know, that's you know, I I immediately sort of respect that. It's, yeah. You know, sometimes you might work with people who, you know, aren't aren't that visual or um more more fickle, and it's you know that that's when it can get a little bit frustrating when you're sort of going going back and forth and yeah, you know, you send a version out and you'll get like a little frame IO comment being like, oh, this scene is just a little bit too warm. You cool it down, and then two versions later, they're like, "Scene's a little bit too cold." <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever? Um, <laughs> this is actually your question, but I think it's such, oh, yeah? such a good thing. Like, have you ever like someone like giving you a comment, like, "Oh, could you change this?" And then they've like gone out, or, or they wanted to do something, or you didn't agree with it, so then they've gone out of the room, and then you've tweaked it a little bit. Or like tweaked it back, and then did they ever just noticed? Because <laughs> surely they can't notice things. Uh, <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment. <laughs> I didn't think they would be. <laughs> but I think oh. I think shorthand's a really good thing when you were saying it about you know building up relationship with people and having that shorthand. Because I think every a lot of directors I know, you know, you go back to certain people because. You, you like that shorthand. And I think about building relationships is important. Like, did you, you know, when you, when you, was, was End of the Fucking World the first TV series you did? It was, yeah. And that was a, a longstanding relationship yeah. with, with the DP. We, we, we met at film school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you've just, you've carried that on and you've had that shorthand. And then did you guys develop the look of that TV series yeah, so together? Yeah, so we did a pilot five six years before the series finally got made so it was like a short film i think you can see it online now um i'll, I'll try and find you guys a link to yeah. share um so we yeah we did that as like a proof of concept and I, I just sort of done all of this film emulation research work and developed these LUTs, and that was the first project we used it on was the pilot um and that was yeah with justin brown the dp and you know, his his grad film was like the first proper short that I graded. Because I must say, like, it felt like when that came out, I mean, it, it, it rippled, I think, with a lot of people, like, through, like, the industry a little bit. But it had it had such a look that I felt like, I, I feel like I hadn't seen before. And I feel like the style of the film as well, it all kind of, like, married together quite well. And do you know when you were saying about the director, the DP, the colorist, this jazz? Yeah. I felt like that was one of them that, like, that worked. Yeah, out. it was super rare situation that series because you know it really was jonathan's baby um you know he he optioned the the comic what's it called he he optioned the graphic novel yeah 
And then he developed it into a series and then Channel 4 kicked it to Film 4 to get it developed into a feature. And that went on for a couple of years. Then it went back to Channel 4. And then John didn't think they could, you know, make it for Channel 4 alone. Yeah. So he got Netflix involved. Um, but to the point, he was the creator, showrunner, exec producer and director working with, with me and Justin in the room. So... I, I sort of had this unrealistic first experience of television. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Um, and then sort of as I've done more TV, realized, you know, there's generally a lot more, a lot more chefs. Yeah. And how special that kind of moment was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because people, when it came out on Channel 4, it didn't really do much. Nobody really talked about it. When it came out on Netflix, it suddenly became a thing. I feel like as soon as it like crossed the river, I feel like it like really landed with a big American audience. Yeah. I feel like because it was like set in the UK, but it didn't it wasn't like everyone was like in uniforms or anything like that. It was like this weird, like hyper real It it was this Ameri- like, Americana eyesed but you know, there was like wood paneling yeah. in suburban and like these amazing suburban homes. But you see it now in like sex education. Everything. Everything. Yeah, Everything has this. You're like, where's this set? Yeah. Oh, it's had a big influence on it. And I, I, I think I think John like pioneered that, you know, oh, a- accessibility to British stories by just having a slight American aesthetic just made it more appealing to American viewers. Yeah. Um and it was yeah, I was I was happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I just think it had such a distinctive look. I just really remember the look of it. Yeah. No, but so, so that you did you did the pilot with with them originally, then did you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, it kind of got. I remember when you, um, can't remember we we were stood outside somewhere and I was like talking to you about a show I would, that we did last year, and I was like, oh, this is the idea, and you were like, oh, great, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'd love no pressure, but I would love for you to have eyes on this in terms of color, and you were like, of course, because. You know, how did you, what did you say now? Well, in terms of deciding what jobs. Deciding I what yeah, to do, what projects to work on, you know. Yeah, sort of, uh, I sort of have these, these, these three pillars really. Um, and yeah, it's about people, creative and money. <laughs> and like, you, you got to have two of those. So it could be shit people great creative lots of money i'll, I'll do it <laughs> um, it could be great creative great people no money i'll try and do it um and any any combination of that um is sort of how i i, I sort of yeah how 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 chi operates and, and and obviously it's you know it works out you know i think it's about relationships again i always think about you know some young producers i work with currently you know now and have just been working one i've just worked with who's been working about six months and it's been amazing actually working with him because he's so excited it's called pete wilson he's amazing yeah really excited young producer who can do can do things that maybe producers who've been in here 10 years can't yeah i I think passion gets gets uh gets a lot of work done yeah (laughs) yeah did you but, ever then from, sorry, Craig. Sorry, but what we're going to say is it's, it's, it's relationships and it's like, it's, I guess it's being aware that like the people you're working with now, you're going to be working with them maybe for the next 15, 20 years. And everyone's kind of roads start forking off at, you know, everyone starts going in different directions right now, long form and TV. And it's, it's quite exciting, isn't it really? And, and everything, just like your relationship with, um, 
Justin Brown, you know, it's quite exciting to not know quite, you know, where it's going to go. But yeah, I I mean, I I would say it's, you know, those, those stories are rare, but yeah, you know, ultimately I, I, you know, obviously I did Justin's grad film, but I worked with John on a freebie short in a basement in Soho, you know, very early on in my career called human beings, which if you haven't seen it, check it out it's, you know, it was quite it was quite it was very good <laughs> um was it like kids in costumes yeah i have seen that yeah yeah it, yeah. it, it used to pop up on a lot of um like reference decks which early on in my career i was like you know you get a, a, a grading reference deck and there's your own work i was like okay I'm yeah. doing something right here um where was i going with this oh yeah but there's obviously hundreds of people that i uh I mean, this, this, this sounds like super negative, but like, I've, you know, I've worked on hundreds of shorts that, yeah. that you know, obviously go nowhere. And, 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 and unfortunately, uh, some of the people don't either. Oh, God, that's bleak. I don't why, why am I talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might go throw myself off a bridge. Some people then end the career, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's... Well, it's a you, tough you never industry. know. It's uh, you know it's you, you roll the industry. you roll the dice on those decisions and yeah. yeah. When you were coming up as a as a colorist, what made you want to start cheat? Did you see there was a gap in it all, or did you try? Were you working with different post houses and things, or did you just think? Yeah, I was I was freelancing a lot, and I was going into like these really rubbish grading suites, and I was like, this is uh, I, I I can't work like this. Uh, no, it was like. There, there's a way to do this more cheaply than than the bigger places, um, and offer the same quality product. You know, one, you know, once you've got the the monitors and the panels and you know the room environment, all of that stuff. You know, it, it used to cost you know a million pounds to to build a grading suite, and that that went down very quickly in the early two thousands. And I was like, well, no one's no one's doing this. Either freelancers are going into rubbish you know in-house grading suites or you, you know you go to somewhere like the mill and, and pay a fortune i was like there's 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 got to be a middle ground um and and that's that's sort of what what pushed me to to start cheap i feel like you created a lot of noise at first as well i feel like i just kept seeing yeah. cheat everywhere yeah to the point where i was like oh all right fine <laughs> try, try these guys out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i do remember, yeah, I remember it though, yeah, yeah. the I mean, marketing behind I, I don't know i just really remember seeing the logo everywhere but i yeah. feel like color were changing at that point when you guys started i feel like i think what you guys did without sounding too cheesy were take color to a different level like and it was about yeah, color. I mean, it was about. It was about color. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. It I, was solely it was, color. It wasn't a post-production house. It was just about the color at the time. Yeah, and it, it was around the same time as, as social media sort of taking off. Well, especially Instagram. Um, and I just think people were getting, I don't know, access to, to to color work from from around the world, not not just through cinema. Um, and I think there was something about, you know, that the. the the, the the film emulation and and maybe a more American aesthetic that that me and and the early colorists of cheat had um, that you know there were other colorists in in London that did that Aubrey Aubrey Woodwiss you know was certainly one of them and you know at times I felt like the the budget option of of Aubrey um, and you know fortunately he went he, he fucked off to LA so <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good for me. 
Um, it's leaving party, making sure it's leaving. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think there was an element of that, and we were, you know, we were doing these bolder, these bolder looks, more like sort of American music videos and stuff, because that's what inspired us as colorists. Um, not to say that London colorists weren't, but I don't think they gravitated to that as as, as much as as me. Yeah, you leaned into it. Was a lot of like younger directors get reaching out as well, like new, new yeah. young directors. Yeah, yeah, and that you know that's that's still something that that you know I I still like working with new directors and you know especially cheap sort of getting those people in and you know developing that that relationship and making sure that they understand you know what what we can do and how we can do it because it's imagine like because I, I don't think I would have known this process if I wasn't with a company before who then introduced me and all that kind of stuff like as if imagine like a freelance director how like I, I feel it must be quite intimidating to then reach out to a to a, a post house or like a, you know color grading place and you know how how would you would mm. would there be any advice for like directors who want to come and use 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 you guys like how to approach you? Um, Route, well, I guess it's, it's email. It's it's, it's 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 a tricky one because <laughs> I would I would trap my like, yeah. I, I mean, got through the doors actually. How you got? I think I think it's good to have a, a colorist in mind. Yeah. Um, but if you like the work of all the colorists at, at Chi, you know, I think getting in touch and, you know, sort of just, just, just saying, you know, how much you'd, you'd, you'd sort of love to work with, with one of the colorists yeah. and, you know, there's going back to the sort of, you know, three pillars and all of that stuff. And it, you know, it depends on our availability and all that stuff, but there's like an approvals process that I'm, you know, we're, we're across and we sort of look at the projects and we look at the people and we look at the creative and, look at the budget and sort of make a, a decision if we can support it. So, you know, talk about the creative, you know, big up why, why it's awesome. Um, because at the end of the day, we're making a decision without most of the time seeing the film. So, you know, send us the treatment, uh, send us the boards, send us the animatic, um, and then we can sort of get excited about it with you um, and support your project. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and and I think it's um kind of curveball question here. It's not even a question. It's more of like a I think about directors and I guess how many of of them there are. About how many of us there are, you know. There's a couple. Yes, there's a few knocking about and <laughs> and um less and less though. It must be getting easier for you. Yeah, it's getting a little bit easier actually, <laughs> yeah, these days. You know, again everyone's just kinda of hanging the coat up. But um <laughs> From a colorist point of view, I always find it's quite. You know, we always talk about new talent in terms of new directors, new new colorists. Oh, like yeah, there's loads. Yeah, they're popping up everywhere. They're popping up everywhere. Yeah. Do you, do you keep your? You I, know, d- I do. Feet, you know, ear to the ground with that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of. Yeah, I, like I feel, I feel, uh, I feel good about myself when I, I I follow a new colorist and they've you know they've got like. 500 followers and the work's good and i'm like i've got i've got in early here (laughs) who else is following them ah no one from another post house okay (laughs) yeah um but you know equally we've got such a great team of of juniors here like there's so much talent coming up at chi and it's they're finally getting to grade more and more now um you know we've we've kind of got the systems in place to 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 let them 
let them grade more. Um, so it, it's very exciting to see them sort of develop, and it, it's it's quite fun seeing. You know, I've I've sort of picked up some of their projects for tweaks and stuff, and like you know, you'll see, you know, because I know. I know the other colorists at cheat. I know how Jack grades. I know how Johnny grades and Carol grades and how I grade. And I pick up like a junior's grade and it's like, it's like kind of a combination of, oh. of like generally two colorists. Um, and you can see their influence in their work. It's yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. That's one cool. Love that. You know, I guess there's a lot of trends that kind of run in and run out of our industry. As a colorist, what are you sick of seeing? And also, I guess that kind of applies to what kind of references are you kind of sick of seeing at the minute? Yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah, nothing really. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I oh, think, I think, yeah. I don't know. I think there's so much overlap in the trends that they're not really that cyclical anymore. You know, I think, I think it's always interesting when a new camera sort of comes out and maybe you know there's a slightly different quality to it and that sort of you know it's a bit like a, a new film stock but not really the same it's not like they have any character or or soul of any kind they're just like slightly different in some weird way um i think hdr is a big a big thing that that not everyone's sort of had the opportunity to fully experiment with and and sort of find the beauty in it um i i'm i'm strangely a fan of it subtly but it goes against you know it goes against the sort of film look it goes against the print curve it goes against all of the things that i i valued for so long in sdr as a colorist um I, I, yeah it's super exciting and I, I i just want more shorts and advertising to i don't know to give it a go and just to see what that extra one stop in the highlights does to the texture and you know that little bit more color in like we're obviously no one can see this it's a it's a podcast but there's a there's a sort of orange gold finished uh lamp in the room and there's all of these like tiny little specular gold highlights in it, and in SDR you just you couldn't get that. It would it would go sort of white or creamy, and it would lose the color, and you'd lose the shape of the lamp, or or, or the rest of the room would be dark. Yeah. And like it just adds this depth. Is that chocolate kicking like, in for you as well? <laughs> <laughs> like it, honestly, I could talk about it for for I hours. Like, I just I'm so it, it's reignited, not reignited. It's 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 poured fuel on my passion for film grading for, for color grading so with that do you prefer would you prefer to grade digital rather than film because there's more obviously yeah. you're getting this flat <laughs> I, I was just about to ask it, i mean yeah the for hdr oh you put me on the spot now hey, oh, uh, for, for hdr yeah i think i'd rather have digital acquisition just because of how funky the the the, the highlights are on film to to you'd have to be so consistent on film and i think there's uh, it's hard not to it's how do i say this delicately i don't think a lot of people given the time and conditions that they're given on tv or independent shorts or whatever and the stuff that i'm working on i don't think they could consistently expose film as much as is needed for hdr (laughs) 
whereas on digital you have you have a bit more range to play with. And you're working a lot on TV. It's controversial. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like it though because it's like, in a way, doesn't like shooting on digital give you more to more more to do for your job and more for you to play around with. Yeah, you know, which is it's two sides of a coin. Yeah, like I love working on film because it's, you know, you're getting to a beautiful starting point more quickly, but with digital, you're 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 designing your film stock. So yeah. like they're both fun in just very different ways yeah. and like i don't know when i'm grading film and i wish jack was here jack would jack would talk so much about this yeah he loves you it. know there's a there's a sensibility to it you have to be sensitive to to the film and the material you don't want to push it around lots you can't you can't really key things that well it it forces you to simplify your approach as a colorist and there's something so so beautiful about that limitation i think you know if you look at Chris, you know, Christopher Nolan's work and PTA, the way they they put these limits and constraints on themselves in the DI for a reason. And like, I get it. And like I know I know why. And like even if you're watching um uh Oppenheimer, like it's all over the place colour-wise. Like the shots don't match. It's like it's a terrible grade. But Ooh. it's a photochemical grade and every frame is beautiful and natural and authentic. And I think it makes you, it makes you lean in more um, just because it hasn't been, hasn't been fucked with. It's almost like a bit more forgiving, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it's less forgiving. But, like but in, if, in, if it's something's shit on film, it still looks cool. Well, that's it. That's what I was kind of... <laughs> yeah. Forgiving in the way was like, uh, yeah, it kind of looks bad, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's film, I don't know, you know. Yeah. And like, what's weird is, even if you try and emulate that, like if you've got something that looks, I don't know, like a... Something that a DP or a director would objectively think is like a bad shot or like bad lighting, there's something about it on film that you just can't match... On digital, even if you match the color and the grain, it does. It just doesn't feel the same if it's off. I feel like with digital material, you have to be closer to reality, or not reality. You have to be sort of. I don't know. You can't. I don't know what. I think you know what I'm trying to say here. Like in with film, I feel like you could turn one one little lamp on you on your face a little bit and film it. And yeah. It could it'd be quite forgiving and it would still look kind of nice. But if it was like digital, I don't know, you'd feel like you'd have to do more to you'd it. Be, yeah, you need some fill and... Yeah. Yeah. But it's... I mean, back on the sort of digital film thing, like if it's always looked that way, like when you shoot film... Um, what am I trying to say? If you match digital to film and you didn't, you haven't always seen it that way, it, it doesn't look right. It looks like too much. But if it's always been that way, it looks great. So if you shoot on film and it's always been on film, you'll end up with something that's filming. If you shoot digital and, and the offline is digital, even if in post you try and make it look filming, you'll never go all the way. Because it looks like too much. What's your opinion then on on digital printing to to to, to film? Because uh, I feel like this is different. More, more and more, I'm hearing about it. Yeah. yeah, there's different ways of doing it. Um, Tell us. 
Well, I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I need to be wary of my my friends at labs here. Um, uh, I don't think it's worth printing to print stock anymore. I, I think we can get there in the grade. I think if you're if you're printing to neg, expecting it to make it look like it was shot on film, that's that's not what it's going to do. Um, especially with the the processes available locally. Um, I think if you really want it to look like film, shoot on film <laughs> would be my advice. Um, or work with a colorist that does it really well. Um, like all the colorists are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any, um, any kind of films that stand out in your mind, you know, that you're really drawn to? Um, color. I, I mean, yeah, photochemical finished films. PTA and all of Nolan's films. Um, Inglorious Bastards has a, a special place in my heart for how that looks, that the level of photochemical artistry in that is amazing. If you, if you, you know, love the film or hate it, uh, look at it on shot deck. I, I think it's some of the most stunning photography and, and faithful reproduction of that in the most beautiful way. And it, it just makes me super excited whenever I see it. Is there any um, recent work you've seen in like the commercial music video world that you've gone, that took me by surprise, that looks great? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of uh, knew you'd say that, actually, didn't we? Also? Yeah, we did say that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I don't think, I, I that, probably, I don't think I, that's I fault. probably don't keep up. I was about to say, do you yeah. watch, do you watch do you watch much? I I, I don't. So, I, I basically, if it's on David reviews, I'll probably watch it. How are um, those guys still going? <laughs> how are those guys still fucking going? Um, but they need to update their website. I just I just you know <laughs> I I, fe- I just fell off. You know, it's crazy. I used, how you I used just to be said on, that. like you know I used to spend hours on Vimeo and stuff like that. Yeah, and same. It Even just, promo news. I've kind yeah, of drifted promo off news. on that. Drifted off on that a little Don't bit. Don't say that, Ozzy. Are we um, looking for sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Promo News. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's... it's. It, I, I love I love grading commercials. Um, do I love commercials? I'm not sure. Um, is that safe to say? I, of course. I, I don't know. Yeah. I hope I that's think it's safe complete- to say. Yeah, but, but like I'm so excited working on them. Well, that's like, it. Yeah. Once I get to like you know what's the me- what's the message? What's the feeling? Like you know when you work on good ads, you know the creatives are you know they're talking about feeling. They're selling they're selling an idea. They're selling a feeling. They're selling a dream. You know that that sort of you know being able to in, try and influence that and add to what was done on you know on set and with the cinematography to sort of push that. Like that's a that's a fun day at the office for yeah. me. Depends how many um, people's in the room, though, right? I'm sure you've oh had God. places where there's been far too many people in the room. Yeah, I think I think the record's twelve. <sighs> twelve. A lot of people in one room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To judge too many, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-four eyeballs. But when you've got suites, when it's when you've got a room full of people in one country, and a room full of people in another country, and maybe someone on their laptop somewhere else, <laughs> like that's yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, which brings me back to one of the first questions of the podcast, which is, 
you know, you, you're all ears, aren't you, in the grade? You're very quiet. You know, you're doing your own little thing on your desk. You're twizzling your nozzles and spinning your little spheres <laughs> and stuff. And you're listening. You're listening to us. So, you know, what are these? What are we all talking about so much? You know, what are these insecurities that that we all have then? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's. I think people do forget that I'm listening. So, you know, I am very focused on, on, on what I'm doing, but I'm still listening. You know, sometimes. Um. And it just feels like the same frustrations and the same sort of conversations every single time. And, you know, it's a bit like a therapy session for the director and the DP and the grade. You know, you're at the end, you know, you've, you've been through the disagreements in the edit with, you know, the agency or the client. You know, you've, you've snuck in your DC, you know, you're kind of like, you know, frustrated the whole part. You've been on this for months. You've been trying to fight every battle that you possibly can. You've been picking and choosing. You know, it's, been, it's just been an absolute grind. And like, you all think it's unique to you. And it's not. It's every single director has gone through this. Every single job. And as a colorist, you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really tough, man. God, God that's, that's crazy that the client doesn't understand that. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's the oh. same every time. It's it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Um, you know, if if you survive it, you you have a career in it. Well, it's not our work as well, is it? You know, we're no. just kind of like steering it, but it's not our work. Yeah, yeah but you need to kind of believe. Believe that you need it to is. believe that it is, otherwise well, you stop sure, caring. For sure, it's hard, yeah, isn't it, for sure, yeah. And there's yeah, nothing definitely. worse. There's nothing worse for a colorist yeah. doing a commercial grade, and the director just doesn't care Don't anymore. Yeah, for sure. You've got you to know? be. You've got to be in it. You've got to be passionate. About and then like, they're like, "Yeah, just just do what the agency wants. Let's just get this done." And you're like, "I don't want to be the one fighting for taste. Like, I need a team of at least two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Especially, yeah. I mean. You know, there's, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to sort of paint um, anyone in a bad, bad light here. You know, there's so many amazing creative directors that I've worked with and ECDs and yeah. account managers and, and client people that have been, you know, absolutely amazing people. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it, the, it's nice to have a bit of friction in the grade because it, it makes you question everything. And by having that sort of, you know, a little bit of friction and disagreement, you kind of, you find something between all of you. And most of the time, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting it, I think. What we got, mate? We got any advice for upcoming colorists? Yeah, advice for colorists. Yeah. It's, such a, it's so tricky, especially now. Um, just grade. Yeah. Just grade as much as you can. Um, I mean, it's it's tough because it, you know, that just saying that you kind of realise the privilege and that, you know, if if all you can grade is 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 freebie work or whatever, how do you make a living and how do you find the time to grade? So yeah, you know, that's that's a real problem that we need to work on. Um, yeah, just grade if you're given the opportunity to grade and you have the time to do it grade it even if it's you know even if it's something you don't think is very good you'll still probably learn something along the way like grading something that needs a lot of work is 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 good training yeah i feel like i can get a lot from 
you know, say say they graded the I mean, someone's music video, but say the music video is a part of the shit, but the stills look sick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can still get away with that and just, and just yeah. put the stills up that they look good yeah. sometimes. And then I guess like from from that, like um, advice from for uh, directors working with colorists. For new directors, especially, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I would just say don't, you know, don't be don't 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 talk to them like a, a technician. Don't, you know, don't try and even if you've graded stuff yourself, like talk to them like you would a, a DP or, you know, someone someone on that level. Talk about the feeling. Talk about the emotion. Talk about what you like in the references. Talk about, you know, tone. Um, let them interpret that. They might get it wrong. They almost certainly will because, you know, they, they, they have a different visual history and experience to you. So, you know, translating words to colors, very, very hard. And that comes with experience. And yeah, just, yeah, talk to them in those terms. Talk to them about emotion, feeling, chuck them some references, say what you like about them. If you just send over references, I think it's kind of, it can be really annoying as a colorist because they're kind of all over the place. So like a professional colorist looks at references, they're like, "Well, which, which one do you like?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, "Well, I like, I like." <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've definitely done that before. Yeah, <laughs> like these three. Oh, like halfway through, I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, this is good." I'll, I'll send it reference, and be like, "It's completely different." Oh, your yeah, references what? are just Billy <laughs> Elliot. <They're> like, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I want it to look like that. Oh, stand by me. Stand you by should, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get them all there, or, or ET, ET, ET. The reds. I really like the reds yeah, yeah. in ET. There you go. But Brass yeah, you've been, you know, you've been specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there you know, right. talk. If you're just sending a document, you know, just put a couple of words. I really like this about this image. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes it's amazing working with artists. You know, sometimes you'll get like a, a music track as a reference, and you'll listen to it. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I think. I think. I think I can translate this into color. That's cool. That's um, nice. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, maybe that's not the same for all colorists, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. That's cool. Might send you a uh, cheeky Metallica track next time. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. I, I see people like grading music videos and there's there's like no track in in in, in the grading software. And I'm like, well, how how do you know what it should look like without hearing the, hearing the yeah. track? Like it yeah. really confuses me. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a personal thing, but that, there's definitely a relationship between the track and the grade for me. I think there has to be. Yeah. What's Tom Cruise like? <laughs> Is he a good guy? Yeah, he's good. Um, you met Tom Cruise, what? Yeah. I was only, I was only a kid. On the though. set of? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Oh my yeah. God. I was like, Fourteen. Yeah, I was still taller than him. <laughs> Which bit of the set was? Did your dad no, do Judge Dredd as well with Sylvester? Uh, yeah. Did you get to meet yeah, Sylvester? Yeah, Sly. Yeah, that was fun. That's all right. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's a good film at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise. Tell me. Like you know, ev- everyone that's met him, all the crew and stuff that I've met, you know, they all love him. And but then there's this. I mean, we talk about we we getting into Tom Cruise, you know. It's Why like, not? It's like it's it's like when you think about Tom Cruise, you think about two separate people or three. You think about the actor, you think about what people say about him that have worked with him, and then there's that COVID video and all the stuff with Scientology. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's yeah, it's interesting to have 
like such different views of one person. I tell you what, it'd be cool if it came full circle, though, wouldn't it? Imagine if you were grading somebody with Tom Cruise in. Yeah. And he oh, came in. Do you not think you'd be like, oh, I met you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, th- that whole circle would be yeah. so interesting. We need to get yeah. your dad on the old podcast as well. Yeah. That'd well, be a good, good shout. <sighs> yeah. Maybe record, you know, three or four hours. You'll get a decent 25 minutes out of it. Well, what do you think these are, mate? These are <laughs> we'll just throw them straight on, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, it'd be amazing to meet him because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's proper down to earth. There's no, like, like you talk to him about, you know, Kubrick's, um, you know, what's the name of that documentary? The, the, you know, the one about The Shining and it had all of this theory oh, about all right. the meaning and everything. Yeah, the numbers. And and yeah, my dad's yeah. like, nah. <laughs> and like, you know, you know, like the red, the red bathroom. I was yeah. like, yeah, I, like, I heard this theory about, you know, Kubrick and the use of red in this bathroom. He was like, nah, we, we did like four different models in different colors. And he came in one day and he said, oh, I like the red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's so, what, that's what's so great about the films because people read into shit. Yeah. yeah. Really but I think, I think people love that shit though. I think directors are like film festival. Not all of them, you know, occasionally. But I'm just going to caveat this to to to, to park. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's an element of post-justification where you realise you've done something and you might not have done it through some sort of conscious thought in pre-production or production. But then later on, someone's like, hey, did you do that because of that? And you're like, yeah, maybe. I'm going to say I did. <laughs> yeah. well, it was some, I watched some review and it was like, in every Kubrick film, Green means death. <laughs> you will see death in green. And you're like, okay. And you're showing all the references. And then at the end, they were like, but sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, green, the most common color in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Color theory and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, a lot of it's a load of BS, to be honest. I think, I think, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if you want to get into that, but yeah. Well, Maybe for round two. Maybe for round two, yeah. Oh, well, cool. thank you so much for yeah, allowing cheers, Toby. That was in. great, mate. Loved it. I yeah. hope we've answered everyone's questions. Yeah. Burning questions in the mind, but... Let's go to the pub. Yeah, let's go to the pub. Time. Nice one. Nice. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye.